right. All right. Thirteen years ago, this church made the incredibly difficult and incredibly courageous decision to become open and affirming. This is a specific designation and commitment in the United Church of Christ to welcome all people, specifically including people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, however many categories we put on that, all those folks are welcome here. Let me be very clear. This is something the church should have been doing all along. We should not have to be specific about this. So it is good to clarify that when we celebrate Open and Affirming Sunday, we are not celebrating how great we are. We are celebrating the distinctive gifts and quirks that God has given to each one of us. On this Sunday, we are renewing our vow to full inclusion. This does not mean that straight people vow to include gay people or that cisgender people vow to include transgender people. It means that each one of us renews our commitment to include everyone else. There is no hierarchy of flowers in God's garden. Everyone here is a delightful addition to the dazzling bouquet. Everyone here brings a unique perspective. No one here should try to hide what is different about them because they are afraid of how other people will react. Our differences are what make us precious, especially in community. Every time the wind blows, I just assume the spirits saying amen. (laughs) Renewing our commitment to this is important. Because our tendency, our temptation, is to avoid and exclude anyone that we think of as different from ourselves. We talked about that earlier this summer. But friends, that kind of separation does not honor God. In fact, it dishonors God. It is a poor witness when the church of Jesus Christ is just as divided, just as segregated, and just as prejudiced as the rest of the world. We must do better than that. And we can do better than that. This morning's section of the United Church of Christ's Statement of Faith tells us how. But before I share that with you, let me refresh your memories on where we've been. We've spent several weeks on the United Church of Christ's Statement of Faith. It is not a list of doctrines that we use as a fence to define our boundaries. It is the campfire that lights our center. We do not use it to exclude people. We use it to explain who we are so people can decide whether they want to include themselves here. It is written in story form with an introductory section and then seven sections about what God does because we affirm that God is active in the world. So here we go. The statement begins, we believe in God, the eternal spirit, who is made known to us in Jesus, our brother, and to whose deeds we testify. God calls the worlds into being, creates humankind in the divine image, and sets before us the ways of life and death. God seeks in holy love to save all people from aimlessness and sin. God judges all humanity and all nations by that will of righteousness declared through prophets and apostles. In Jesus Christ, the man of Nazareth, our crucified and risen Lord, 
God has come to us and shared our common lot, conquering sin and death and reconciling the whole creation to its creator. And this week, the way to live out our open and affirming covenant, God bestows upon us the Holy Spirit, creating and renewing the church of Jesus Christ, binding in covenant faithful people of all ages, tongues, and races. God bestows upon us the Holy Spirit, creating and renewing the church of Jesus Christ, binding in covenant faithful people of all ages, tongues, and races. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring us together to gather all of our individual blooms into one bouquet of riotous, explosive, stunning, dazzling color. This is what the church, this is what the spirit has always done for the church. And this is what we desperately need the spirit to continue doing because we are not very good at it by ourselves. You can amen that. Amen. <laughs> On our own, our biased brains lead us towards simplicity and safety, easy answers, and people who think like we do. Only God's spirit can expand our minds and our walls. I often think of the Holy Spirit as God's creative side. Throughout my life, God has taken things that I thought were utter disasters and brought something surprisingly good out of them. The theological word for that is redemption, and it, it requires a tremendous amount of creativity. Redemption requires a tremendous amount of creativity to make something good out of something that looked like it was only bad. The infinitely creative energy of the Holy Spirit is constantly at work to make beauty from the ashes. This spirit is at work in each of us and in all of us together. And one way that we see the spirit's creative energy is in the ways that God continues to renew the church. It is the creativity of the Holy Spirit that helps the church become who the world needs us to be for our time and our place. The gospel is always good news, but the way that we present it to people the metaphors we choose, the language we use in our worship, our music, our programs and events, our organizational structures, all of that needs to adapt to stay relevant to the people who need to hear the good news. Which means that being open to the spirit means being open to change. If we are doing what God calls us to do, change is inevitable. Committing ourselves to being an open and affirming church means committing ourselves to change. Because it means committing ourselves to constantly welcoming new people. And when new people come, we don't say, we're so glad you're here, now sit down and shut up. That's not a welcome. 
No, instead we say, we're so glad that you are here. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about the gifts that God has given you to use to bless the world. Tell us what God is doing in your life recently. Share with us your ideas. We welcome the changes that new people bring. So let's be honest, that's not easy. It is easier to keep things the same. It is easier to keep the power centralized. It is easier to just hang out with the people that we already know and like. It's easier, but it's not better. It's worse. It's less like the kingdom. And it actually lessens each of us. If I take the easy route, I am less than what I could be. If your life experiences have been different than mine, I actually need you more than I need someone who's exactly like me. Because you have perspectives and experiences and skills that I have not had the chance to develop. So we are better, stronger, healthier, more like Jesus, the more differences that we have in our congregation. Recognizing and celebrating our differences, even though it's harder, that's what it means to be an expansive church. That's what it means to be a truly open and affirming church. As God's spirit renews us yet again, I may have to give up some things that I like for the good of someone else. And that's okay. I will be okay if things change. Because I trust that God is changing us for the good of the world that God so loves. In an open and affirming church, in God's garden, we affirm that we need everyone's gifts in order to advance the kingdom. No one is unclean. That's a story from the book of Acts. No one is unworthy of being used by God. In an open and affirming church, there are no barriers to full life and leadership and using the gifts that God has given us. But you don't have to take my word for it. On open and affirming Sunday, we like to hear from some among us for whom this value is especially meaningful. So I'd like to invite Katie and Andrew and maybe Shiloh, yeah, all right, to come up here and share a little bit about their story. That's it. There we go. Good. And then if you guys want to grab just one of those microphones, pull it out and just bring it up. Yeah, and then come and stand up here with me so everybody can see you well. All right. Yes, get your gorgeous rainbow self up here. So remind us just for a minute who you are, because we haven't all been together in person in a long time. Yeah. It's been quite a while, and we're so happy to see all of your familiar faces. And I'm Katie. I'm Jan and Russ Annabel's daughter, one of one of three. We've got a big bunch of our brood here today. And this is my husband, Andrew. 
It's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit, what were some of the spiritual and religious experiences of your younger years? Okay. I um, didn't grow up in a church. My dad was raised Catholic. Can you pull that in just a smidge? Yeah. Um, my dad was raised Catholic. My mom's family, as far as I could tell, they never went to church for several generations, probably. And uh, so I didn't get raised in, in the faith at all. And uh, when I was a teenager, I started doing my own exploring and looking into religions and uh, various esoteric like, ritual studies and things like that. And found my own way back to the church when I met Katie. So it's been a very interesting experience for the past 12 years now. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a nice community to have joined. And I don't feel put out here by anything that I am interested in or might use as my own personal practice because it's all about loving everybody else. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with uh, my parents who moved around with the Air Force, so we got to try out all different denominations. So I grew up sampling different Christian denominations throughout my young years. Um, my biggest memories, though, are practicing with my family. Um, around Christmas, when we would do Advent, I remember all of us in the darkness in our house with the candles lit and singing chorus or carols together and those were some of my really important moments. Um, the other thing that was really big in our family is um, we were taught that we could come to God all the time for anything and that it wasn't a one-sided thing or a system of beliefs but a relationship with um, a God who loved us back and wanted to communicate back with us. So that was something that was a basis for me. Uh, as I became a teenager and started discovering that my interests stepped out of what was considered normal or right in the church. So I was identifying as bisexual and I held a lot of shame in my heart and was no matter how good I could be and how dedicated, how much time I volunteered, I couldn't change that part. And I kept trying and it was a very difficult thing. Eventually, as a young adult, when I was approached in two of the churches I attended by somebody with a, what is the thing you all sign when you want to make a law? A covenant? What is, a petition. petition. Oh, I was you. sorry. Your sister knows thank what you. You're talking about. <laughs> I was approached by somebody from the church with a petition because they wanted to ban um, equal marriage, hmm. and they wanted to make sure it would not become legal for anyone to become married. And for me, that was a point where I could not abide, um, where my faith was so important to me and being involved in a way that I could engage in our sacred rituals that I was raised with that meant so much to me. But I knew that I had to distance myself from institutions that didn't welcome others and didn't welcome myself being truly who I am. Um, and that also branched over into people of different philosophies and faiths. 
if I wasn't accepting, if we weren't accepting of others and finding a place in the middle where we could meet, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with that. I couldn't be in that. So for a time, I spent some great inner exploration, which is wonderful. You can trust your heart. God is in your heart and God made you who you are. So you can trust your instincts and it's okay to explore into new places and learn from others and how they have connected to the divine. So I knew that I needed a place where I would be accepted for my blend of faith and practice and for my identity. Um, and Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah, just go right my in. My mom and dad joined Zion when they moved to Delaware. And I'm so thankful every day that our whole family organically moved into uh, that stage of faith where we were that open and affirming was the right way. Being accepting and open and tolerant and loving for people of other faiths was the right way. And as I, as I got married, I met my lovely husband. And so much a part of our, the beginning of our relationship was exploring our spirituality together yeah. and, and, and finding that space where we felt right together. And as we got married, and started coming more and more to Zion. We were really impressed by how many LGBTQ folk were members and were clergy and, um, and a woman who was a pastor. <laughs> and it was an exciting thing for us that yeah. this is a community that not only can I be myself in, an, in a mixed faith family circumstance, that I can be queer, and that I'm loved and accepted for it, but that I could still engage in our sacred rituals and have a place where I could love Jesus openly and be myself at the same time. So as I've been thinking about these things all this week, I'm so thankful. I'm very thankful for a community of people, and I look out on you, and for everyone who is unique and a beautiful gift from God and St. Francis talked yesterday, and he made a comment about how every one of us is unique and irreplaceable gift from God. So I really think that that's what Zion is about, and we're so glad to be members and to be a part of this yeah. family with you. Oh, thank you. That was, I don't need to cue you on any more questions. <laughs> that was pretty much perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I put it back. Yeah, well, that's okay. Yeah. Do you, before we go, yeah, give Andrew a chance to say oh, something. I'm good. No, I'm you're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I knew I would do that. I no. was like, make sure you're talking. No, it's wonderful. Um, do you, the only other thing I was going to yeah. ask you guys, because I think it's important for us to hear this, you want to tell us just a little bit about maybe about what what God has been doing in your life recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I work all the time, so. He does. He's this wonderful man. He takes such good care of us. Um, one big thing is our wonderful daughter, uh, Shiloh. She's a magical little creature who is also neurodivergent, and it's been an amazing adventure the last few years with her. She's grown us both as people in huge ways. And that's another thing about inclusion that kind of spreads out even more is that Shiloh is accepted here and for being her unique, wild, woolly little self. Yeah. And um, that's been a big thing for us is 
bonding together as a family, and especially over the last couple of years with the state of our circumstances, mm -hmm. we've really, what we say is hunkered down. Mm -hmm. We hunker down together, we stay close and connected with our family, and we have been, we've been down in Dayton and with you every Sunday yeah. online. So we've gotten to be involved more than we ever have with the church, which is such a huge blessing. Yeah. So. yeah. Right. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Happy Open Infirmary Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, put it back. I got my own. I forgot. Thank you. Dave. Yeah, thank you, guys. So when you worship online, um, Katie is your host, actually, during the morning. So she'll be greeting you and encouraging you to share prayer requests and joys and concerns and putting links out that you need. So um, thank you guys so much for sharing your story this morning. I wanted you to hear that because it's really important, as Katie said, to hear that being open and affirming is more than just about welcoming the gays, right? Being open and affirming is a whole philosophy and mindset of the church. It means truly celebrating all of the gorgeous variety that God plants in our garden. Being an open and affirming church means celebrating the gifts and the graces of everyone that God brings here. And even in the midst of a global pandemic, God is bringing people here. This morning, we are going to welcome seven new members, seven new adult members, and three kids. Carrie, I think Mary's going to go get your kiddos, right? Yeah. You, are you going to bring them all back, or is it just the three? Okay, all right, cool. We want to make sure the children get included in this moment. So becoming a member of a church is not like becoming a member of a club. It's like becoming a member of a family. And when a family gets a new member, like a new baby is a great example, or someone who marries in, that new member does not just assimilate to the family's way of doing things. A baby changes what you were doing. The way the family actually changes because of this new member. So while our new members today, they will learn some of our family's traditions, but we will also be changed by them. We welcome their different perspectives. We will listen to their wisdom. And we will grow and change because of their gifts. Church membership is not about who's in and who's out. It's about who wants to be in a relationship. In church, we are invited to share life with people who are different from us. Theologically, politically, racially, economically, sexually. And when we choose to be together, even when we disagree, we all grow in grace and love and humility. That is the point. That is the beautiful invitation of church membership. So together, let's welcome these new church members. You have some liturgy for this that's printed in your worship resources. So I invite the following candidates for membership to stand as you're able. Julie and Alan Corey, Ian and Maddie Flading Mayberry, Janet Edwards, Carrie, Dan, Leo, Andy, and Reagan Poole. Friends in Christ, we are received into God's universal church through the sacrament of baptism. These people have found nurture and support in the midst of the family of Christ. 
Through prayer, they have been led by the Holy Spirit to affirm their baptisms and to claim in our presence their covenantal relationship with Christ and the members of the church. They are here for service to Jesus Christ, using the gifts which the Holy Spirit bestows. Hear these words from scripture. You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In Christ, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple. And in Christ, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place for God, who is the Spirit. Candidates for membership, do you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Do you desire to affirm your baptism and be welcomed into this family of Jesus Christ? Do you promise, by the grace of God, to be Christ's disciple, to follow in the way of our Savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and do justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ as best as you are able? I Do you promise to participate in the life and mission of this family of God's people by faithfully attending services of worship, regularly contributing to the financial support of our mission, consistently participating in our life and work, and joyfully evidencing a Christian lifestyle? By your baptism, you were made one with us in the body of Christ, the church. Today, we rejoice in your pilgrimage of faith, which has brought you to this time and this place, we give thanks for every community of faith that has been your spiritual home, and we celebrate your presence in this household of faith. Will the rest of the church please stand as you are able to affirm our mutual ministry in Christ? Normally at this point we would lay hands on our new members, but we're not going to do that this morning because we're not wearing masks and it's closer than six feet and blah, blah, blah. So instead, would each of you extend a hand towards one of these new members as we express our welcome? The affirmation of welcome is in your worship resources. We welcome you with joy in the common life of this church. We promise you our friendship and prayers as we share the hopes and labors of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we continue to grow together in God's knowledge and love and be witnesses of our risen Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ, and on behalf of Zion United Church of Christ, I welcome you, Julie and Alan, Maddie and Ian, Janet, Carrie, Dan, Leo, Andy, and Reagan. I welcome you into full membership with this local church. Together, may we live in the spirit, Okay, (laughs) building one another up in love, sharing in the life and worship of the church, and serving the world for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We welcome you. And now together as one body, let us renew this morning our vow to our affirming statement of welcome as an act of worship. Would you remain standing as you're able? and proclaim the open and affirming covenant that is printed in your worship resources. As the people of God who gather at Zion United Church of Christ, we make a solemn vow with one another. 
We will extravagantly welcome everyone who enters here. We welcome every race. We welcome every gender. We welcome every age. We welcome every expression of faith. We welcome every marital status. We welcome every sexual orientation. We welcome every political party. We welcome every type of body. We will not be divided by social issues. We will not judge as the world does by health, wealth, or skills. We will not allow our past to define our future. We will transcend all labels. Seek to affirm one another with loving hearts and open minds. We will follow in the way of Jesus Christ being loving and being loved by both God and neighbor with the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit. We will love one another for exactly who we are. We promise that whoever we are and wherever we are on life's journey, we will extravagantly welcome everyone who enters here. Amen. May God give us the creativity and the courage to turn those statements into actions. You may be seated for a few announcements.